just asking you guys and sort of sharing some of my own, like what are some, what are some hesitations that you guys have to using ChatGPT in the classroom? Because I know I have some ethical hesitations just in the way that ChatGPT is designed. So Time dropped an article a few months ago about Kenyan content moderators that were hired to basically sort through all of the explicit content that was feeding into ChatGPT and taking out pornographic stuff. Mm. Um, and, you know, I, I feel like for me as a Christian, realizing that there's a human on the other side of this that as it was being built had to go through and read this stuff and sort through it and decide what was too disturbing to be included in this algorithm. And they were getting paid less than $2 an hour to do that. Um, it, it makes, it gives me some pause, I guess, about using that tool. Um, the same way that, you know, buying fast fashion gives me some pause. Uh, you know, I still, I still do it, but uh, I feel like I, I shouldn't, <laughs> I suppose. Uh, try, I try to minimize my impact in that way because of, you know, modern day, modern day slavery and um, the, the things that go into that. So, yeah, how, how do you guys navigate through that? There's, of course, the intellectual property question that gives me pause as well. Like if I'm feeding my students essays into this or having them feed into this and it's going into chat GPT for training, they're basically giving up their intellectual property for future ChatGPT right. users. And, and you know, ChatGPT is a profit-based model, at least 4.0, you gotta pay for it, so. Yeah, the, the reality is I, I know that says that you give up your copyright. Um, basically what you're giving up there is you're giving up your ability to sue them for the use of your information. In terms of your copyright everywhere else, no, you're not losing your copyright. But I guess, you know, and I don't know a whole lot of the technological details of this, but ChatGPT can only do what it does because it's combed, you know, thousands of words on the internet written by real people and analyzed those and broken those down. And, you know, were, was there permission yeah. to do that? Like, maybe not. So I, I don't know, That that is what, gives me some ethical pause about using it in the classroom. Well, anything that's on the internet is open. It may right. be under copyright, but it's open. And it's, it's, if you put it out there and you haven't put it behind a paywall, mm -hmm. um, you're basically saying anybody who wants to read it can read it. What they've done, they've used it to train their model. Uh, in terms of it actually being able to spit out word for word your information, can't do that because that's not how the algorithms work. Right. It's an approximation model. I mean, I think just from a from a philosophical or or sort of biblical standpoint, I think we can agree that there's there's no sort of value neutral tool. Our tools always shape us in particular ways and I think the question is, you know, how is how is this tool um, shaping us and, you know, not just using it blindly, but using it cautiously and, and realizing that it's, it's maybe shaping our expectations or, or the ways that we see the world. Um, Jason Thacker is one of the writers that I've been reading a little bit on this. He has some really thoughtful articles that I can send you guys if you wanted to link totally. in the show notes. Sure. But uh, one of the things that he says is that if, if you have an iPhone with a camera, everything looks like a status update. <laughs> So your tools shape the way that you see the world. If you have, if you have ChatGPT, um, 
everything can look like a, a question for ChatGPT mm. <laughs> rather than rather than something that you know perhaps should be more virtuously worked through in a different medium. So, yeah, it's it's an interesting conversation when you start talking about the philosophy behind the, you know, the philosophies behind the tool and those who are are pulling pulling the levers in terms of what information is allowed. And so we're at a point where the ability to control information, the ability to marshal people through a certain ideology or into a certain ideology is, 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 is easier than it's ever been. Yeah. Especially if you control the back end of these systems because that's that's one of the things that has to happen with AI is you have to ground it, what they call grounding it mm-hmm. in truth because AI doesn't know what's true. There's probably multiple types of analysis that are going on depending on the type of model that you're dealing with. Semantic analysis, um, contextual analysis. So it does all these things to and then and then brings together its 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 approximate you know, of all these things, what's the most likely the next word that it types out? That's how it doesn't, it doesn't go, is this true, is it not true? And I mean, I think the creators of ChatGPT are trying to correct biases without a absolute notion of truth. And oh, yeah. so we, we have this sort of moment in our culture where... <laughs> <laughs> we're we're sort of feeding our, our culturally acceptable and unacceptable values and preferences into into these bots and trying mm-hmm. to make things uh, align with those values and preferences without reference to any kind of absolute standard of morality. And so, what's being produced is is shaped by the biases of yeah. the the culture and the people behind it. I think there's a value in slowness too. I mean, it's it's the difference between buying some piece of Ikea furniture and doing your own woodworking, right? <laughs> There's a value in the quality and the slowness of, of writing something and thinking through it and really wrestling with the, the moral implications of your words that I don't think you can ever replace with AI. No, you, you're right. Um, there is that value, but I think you can also push yourself it can show you things that you weren't thinking about. And that's another benefit of it as well. Hesitations that I have, I don't know. Personally, I don't find myself here in in recent days going to it as much anymore. But there are things that I go, I'm like, hmm, there's no need for me to get out on Google and do a search and start doing a bunch of research. I find research with ChatGPT4 to be... a great place to start because then I can get resources and 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 wade through all the the bad results right and not have to look at stuff that that is a waste of my time and I can I can process those good things I can process the things that it it found and then start running down bibliographic trails as I see you know I think you could probably speak to that with what you've done in your... I mean, it's replaced Wikipedia <laughs> as far as like getting the ball rolling for research. Do you find that you're able to find actual sources other than the hallucination sources? If I use four, yes. But what I've started doing instead of asking it for specific sources, I ask it for popular keywords. Ah, yeah. 
Um, that helps me a lot because sometimes I feel like finding the right keyword is finding a needle in a haystack. Um, so I just asked ChatGPT, what is the most popular keywords for this subject area? And then it'll give me some options and I start. That's how I start now doing research is using, using it for keyword searches. That's a great idea. So. What's interesting um, is that also in research, you can get, you can say who are the, because it'll go out and it'll search Google Scholar. At least mine will. We have a, we use a product called Typing Mind and there are plugins that you can turn on with it. And one of them is a web search. And so um, as we're doing that, It'll go out and it'll actually search the web. So if you've got a, if your if your prompt is is clear and concise, and somewhere close to where you need it to be in the area of keywords, like you were saying just a minute ago, um, you know it. You can say who are who are the most um, mentioned or cited individuals in this knowledge domain. You know whether it's AI or you know, literature, British yeah, lit. That's really cool. Um, and so it'll go out and it'll do those searches. Obviously, only a Google Scholar, but usually the thing I found in my research anyway is that's enough to start. Yeah. Because it can give me five or six bibliographic entrants because I always tell it, give me an APA seventh resource. And so it'll spit that back. And every time I've used four and I've checked, I mean, I go back and I check, you know. They're, they've all been correct. My concern, my deepest concern is for those who use it without knowledge. Mm -hmm. And that's why I've said to my colleagues, and I'd say to you, and I'd say to anyone else who's willing to listen, you must become an expert. There's, there's no excuse for Christians to shortcut their learning. Use it, become more, you know, learn more, become an expert. But by all means, be an expert, not just, oh, wait a second, let me go chat with ChatGPT and it'll give us the answers. You've got to own those answers and you've got to know if it's right or not. And if it's not, then you need to be able to realize that because my concern is that those coming behind us will just use it and not make the effort of personal transformation. Has been... That same warning and concern has been, can be applied to any innovation that has come about that has an impact in education. So I think people, when we, internet, um, smartphones, mm -hmm. anytime, it's always the equipping people with the tools to use it correctly, mm -hmm. to use it ethically. Even Socrates complained about writing because <laughs> he said that it would diminish our memory, which it did. Well, he's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, the ability to transfer ideas and transfer knowledge through um, oral tradition has all but ceased. Well, thank you for coming in. Thank you. We've gone over our time. Oh, so much. This has but been more fine. like a, a coffee thermos. A coffee thermos. <laughs> a coffee yeah, it's not gallon. really a drop, is it? It's okay. Yeah. Definitely did you it. like the coffee? I did. Thank you. <laughs>